afternoon and all. This is a Northeast Sitting Forecast. My name's Miles and I am here with a slightly shorter show for you tonight, but one that um, I think is well worth doing. As you regular listeners will know, we have recently changed our lineup. It was just a couple more core members of the team and what we wanted to do was just introduce the two and um, let you get under their skin a bit. So um, joining me tonight is Chris. Hello, Chris. Evening. Now, Chris has been a member of the Sim Forecast family from the start, but when we decided to expand the, the lineup, it made a natural choice to uh, to bring him on board. So um, he's got a, a lot to offer us. So, Chris, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do now? What do I do? Um, well, first and foremost, I guess I'm a, I'm a lecturer at the Newcastle University in Chemical Engineering. Uh, off the back of that, I got involved with the Stu Brew project before that. Yeah. Um, sort of before it got going, really, um, helped them to source the equipment uh, based on my knowledge of the process from from what I've done in the past, which I think we'll probably chat about a bit later, yeah. later on. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that so lecture at the university and. Semi-professional brewer on the weekends, <laughs> I think, is probably the, the way to talk. Now, Stew Brew is a fascinating project, and we will do a, a, a full show to explain how you sit in the market and how, how you sit as a project, because I think it's fascinating. Um, I think there's an awful lot to cover there. But me, I, I met you, was it around probably early days of Stew Brew, wasn't it? We were... Chatting on, on we Twitter. We on Twitter, weren't we, before we'd even met each other. Just fellow um, beer geeks. And then, uh, I think there was some sort of, some sort of bottle, um, sort of share thing going on or something. Yeah. And I tweeted some picture of like, oh, which one should I have? And it was like, oh, that looks like a selection. And, yeah. And uh, I think it just went from there, the conversation to me. But then we met up at the time bank birthday. I can't yes. remember which one it was. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, that, that's the thing. It's funny the people you meet on. <laughs> You've you got to be careful. <laughs> they turn up your house and try to interview you. <laughs> but that, that's the thing in the, the lineup that we've got, Ross as well. Um, we've all known each other for years, really, which makes it for a, a more natural, comfortable chat, I think. And I think that comes across. But let's get under Chris's skin a bit. So, Chris, your brewing story, when did you first start brewing? First started brewing... Um, with homebrew kits, as most of us do, um, but wine before anything else, specifically ginger wine, um, and probably going back there, like 2010, maybe 2009, right. around that time. Yeah. Um, first start doing beer. Well, first thing you do when you're doing homebrewing is you realise that you need more space straight away. Yeah. You've got demijohns all over the house before you even know it. So it was only when we moved house and I got a garage that I started brewing beer. Right. So that would have been back end of 2010? No, 2012. Right. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm the audio probably went a bit funny there because I looked over my shoulder at the bottle that I brought out, which is on the shelf, which is the first batch that I ever made. Uh, it's got the date on it. So it was actually February 13 when it was bottled. So it would have been that Christmas when I got my homebrew kit from my father-in-law. 
And what's the best before on that bottle? <laughs> <laughs> it's been lagered very well. <laughs> yeah, so you started homebrewing, and um, I suspect that being a, a from a scientific background, you became very obsessed with the process. Well, I fell in love with the process a lot earlier than that. Right. Um, so I studied my degree between 2000 and 2004 right. at Newcastle University. And in the summer holidays of the end of my second year at university, I signed up to a recruitment agency for sort of like summer work. Yeah. And they put me in a few different places. I worked at Tyne Dock and uh, emptying shipping containers. But I also got some shifts at the old Scotch and Newcastle Brewery. Right. Um, so that would have been like summer 2001, probably. Mm-hmm. Some 2002, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and they would get agency workers in when they were doing the cask days. And my job was to stand there pulling the shives and keystones out of the casks, turning them upside down and putting them through the steam cleaner. Right. So that was eight hours a day. That was when it all started. But then after you've done that and you've like been reliable and you've turned up on time, because you do silly shift patterns of it, like I think that SNN it was six in the morning till two in the afternoon, two in the afternoon till ten at night, and there was a ten p.m. till six a.m. shift. So it was twenty-four hour. Yeah. So there was three shifts a day, and yeah. um, if you were on the cast one, you'd be at certain times. But then you start getting in on different shifts. So I spent one evening, in fact, probably a couple of evenings, putting the um, this cardboard disc around the keg um, spear. Right. And the Newcastle brown ale kegs that were going to the United States with like safe lifting weights. Right. They had some message about the Secretary General's health warning about whatever. It was yeah. a very American sort of warning <laughs> that was on this cast. 10 o'clock at night till 6 o'clock in the morning in the freezing cold, oh. putting cardboard discs onto keg spears. I can totally see why you fell in love with I the totally loving the, fell in love with the process. <laughs> you know? But as, a, as, as a, a trainee chemical engineer... It was my first experience of being in a proper facility where they've got serious volumes, yeah. big stainless steel tanks, uh, control rooms. Also, so I did a, loads of little bits of jobs in there, um, and seen all the automation of the process lines. And um, I think the most fascinating ones, the machine that they had, that it was like a mechanic. It was like a, it was like a what's the word I'm looking for? Not mechanical eye, but like a robotic eye. Right. And what it would do is it would look at the spear on the kegs and it would detect if there was foam coming out of the spear. So if the spear had not been tightened in properly, right. the kegs would leak. So the machine would automatically reject the kegs and it would push it around and someone on this shift in particular, me, yeah. would turn the <laughs> keg upside down, decamp the product back into the tanks to be refilled into a new right. keg. So like, as a, like I say, as a trainee engineer, it was um, that's, that was it. That was exciting stuff to see and to yeah, get involved in. Yeah. So that's where the love mm-hmm. started. I would say with the process. And well, I'm guessing that alongside this, um, you would have been of legal age, and you probably would have been starting to drink beer and get explore beer. And uh, where did you, your beer drinking start? What, what? <laughs> Do you want the official answer or, or the legitimate answer? Let's, let's just instead of putting dates on it, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about beer styles and beer history. And you know, I, I 
I'll hold my hand up and say I'm I'm a born and bred lager lad. Yeah. You've got that look about you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I um I'm late to the game in terms of uh yeah. exploring much outside of that. Um so yeah, I I I used to drink bottles of Budweiser and yeah. in in the nightclubs and Pints of Fosters. So we, we all did it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Feel dirty saying it. Now. Sorry, learned. everyone. You've learned. You've I've seen... gone down in anyone's expectations now. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen the errors of your ways. So yeah, I mean, it's only when I started making it myself that I started trying new styles and then getting into it of what was the start of the craft. Sort of, well, it wasn't the start. Start, I guess, but. I said Brewdog was a gateway for me. Yeah. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Definitely, definitely. Um, One of the the main things with Brewdog was they made a lot of noise. So people noticed them and all of a sudden were were drawn to the market because of that noise, you know. Yeah. Um, Love them or hate them, you know. You can't not. (laughs) No. So... Rolling the clocks forward, um, what sort of styles appeal to you now? What what draws you in a beer now? You know what my favourite style is. You know the answer to this question <laughs> is before you ask it. What I love now is things that I can't make. Yeah. That's what that's what makes me pick something off the shelf now, is like styles that don't have the equipment to be able to do justice to, mm-hmm. or the environment to do justice to, so... Goys is my sort of go-to. Yeah. That's my sort of pinnacle. Uh, if I can get anywhere near brewing stuff like that, I'll be a happy man. Uh, but that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, before I can do anything like that justice. Um, I do like a good IPA. I think most people would agree there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like a creek. Yeah. Well. So I, I, do, I do rate a decent sort of Fruit beer. Um, I yeah. like a stout. I like an impy stout, but on an occasion, I wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they have, they have their. They're like a special occasion beer. Aren't they? Yeah. I don't have a cupboard full of them. There's always a couple in the house. Now. Yeah. I've got a cupboard full. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fridge full of them. But um, that's that's just the way I am. <laughs> but. Uh, I like my IPAs bitter. Yeah, I have, I have, I have enjoyed the the New England style and the and the juicy fruit bomb style, but I, I'm quite traditional. Like I think you'll see when Stew Brew does stuff. If I've had any uh, influence in it, I try to steer. If we're trying to recreate a specific type of beer, yeah. I try to steer it down sort of guideline yes. style. Yeah. And be true to the style. Yeah. Um, so I am quite traditional in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can understand that. I mm-hmm. think uh, having clarity of style for a, for a brewery, because I think it would be very easy for the way Stew Brew works to to, to blur the lines of, of, of what the style should be and things. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have, the way Stew Brew works is you have effectively how I mean, how long is someone is is a student involved with Stew Brew? It's a maximum of 
Is maximum of three years? Probably maximum of three years, and yeah. that's if we got them at stage one. Exactly. Um, well, maybe it's at stage two, but... Um, <laughs> so you have a constantly yeah. um, rotating... Every year, it's a yeah, we, we've line got we've got a couple in the team this year that have been around for two years now, mm-hmm. which has been good because it's helped with the transition, yeah, and handing over roles and responsibilities. But they're, they're they're doing different parts of the job to what they've done in previous years. But from your point of view, I, I think it's very interesting to to see you overseeing that process and, and managing that that process. Interfering. Interfering. <laughs> well, you may call it. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they'd say. <laughs> so, where do you see your brewing going? Is, oh, that's is a mean question. Is 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 Stu, is Stu Brew got scope to grow from where it is? It has. Yeah. And um, it's know. whether or not we wanted to, because um, the bigger it gets, the more time it takes. Over yeah. and I still, still try and do my day job. You know, yeah, yeah. Shoe brew is literally the weekend job, mm-hmm. uh, but it starts to encroach more and more the bigger it gets. Yeah. Luckily, I've got time allocated to it as part of my my day job. Yeah, because of the benefits it has to the students that work in our school and things like that. But um, I mean, like like I say, we will get in uh, the details to brew in future, yeah. but. I just think it's worth clarifying because actually it's it's a it's a student society, isn't it? Effectively, yeah. So it's there for the students to get involved with if they want to get involved. With. It is, it um, is, but it's set up to to give them the ability to gain job skills and things and employability skills that they wouldn't have access to otherwise. So, what's what's been what's the one thing that you've been most proud of for Stubro? Of what? Um, the people that have actually got jobs in the industry off the back of it has got to be, for me, that's what it was about for me, getting involved in it was about that. So to see that actually happen, it's you know, it, to see someone like Heineken say, we're going to actively recruit from Stubro. It's it's huge. I mean, getting that, um, it's, it's very, very good to have an academic background, but it's quite difficult to transition a, a straight academic into a working environment overnight. Mm. So having that lead in is huge from a, an employer's point of view. Yeah, you know they, they'll see see huge benefits in in that. I think they have. Um, I think that's why Heineken came back, and they've, I think they've had graduate three years now. Yeah, three. Yeah. So, Not always ones that have been from di- directly from Stuber, but from within our school of engineering. Yeah, where we actually. Teach brewing design as part of the stage three part of the course, which is where everything kind of weaves in between. Right, we're in and out of stew brew. That's that's why I was asked by the original stew brew committee if I could advise on equipment because they knew that I taught. We do we do this design project and we always do a design project on brewing. Right, and I lead. Yeah, that team of three academics. So you've always done that before stew brew was yeah, a yeah, thing. Yeah. You've done that. And what, what is that design project? What do, what it do changes you? year to year. So right. like one year it might be design a brewery to produce so many thousand tons a year. Right. Right. One year it might be design a brewery that fits in a shipping container. Right. Uh, one year we did something around Brewdog and we were like, they've got this equity for pumps thing. This is how much money the plans are raised. What would you put in equipment-wise to expand their existing facility to meet their 
right. predicted forecast. So they have to sort of design stuff. So this year we're actually doing whiskey. Right. Because uh, I've got bored of beer. We've done it for quite a few years now and we've, we've run out of ideas for a bit until we, uh, we, took, until we come up with some new ones. So this year's task is they've got to design a, uh, a whiskey distillery. Right. Um, but it has to have a, an intensified barrel aging process. Intensified by meaning it's got to be work quicker than the normal. Yeah, so can you make a whiskey that tastes as good as a 10 year, but only takes you a year to make it? Right. It's all theoretical. Yeah. So, yeah. But like they've got to come up with a novel step to try and That's speed so up that right. aging process. I see. That's so I just put little twists on sort of the traditional things so there's some actual innovative bit where they can play around yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's where that's where the link that's where the link that got me involved right. in Stubu came from was that. Yeah, and again, it makes sense that those students may well want to get involved in Stubu, going through that process and get their their heads turned. And, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. So if you've got a design project that's based on brewing, it's a good idea to get involved in exactly. making some beer. Exactly. You're actually learning part of the process, and it makes it makes it a lot easier to. To understand how the process works. And do you know are there other are other universities offering offering similar things these days? And you you were the original uh, university to offer that as a society. I know there are universities. Oh, there is other universities that have have courses around brewing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, not something I've looked been. into too much. We've been approached by a couple of other universities that have seen what we've done and. To ask to speak to us about how we did it, right? Um, which we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that, if any of those want to take it further, I think the strength would be to um, to operate under the Stu Brew brand and franchise it. Yeah. But that's my that's yeah. my vision for it, and that's not the team's vision for it. Yeah. They like the unique selling point of it being at Newcastle, whereas understandably. Whereas I quite fancy swanning around the UK to different <laughs> universities. There's consultants on their new yes. breweries, meaning yes. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that idea. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, so, um, like I say, Chris has been part of the family from the start. Um, he's a good lad and offers some really good insights into both the scientific things that go on in brewing as well as sort of the practicalities of, of, of brewing itself. Um, I'm sure you'll, you'll see these things come out in the conversation we have. But uh, I thought it was good good to get uh, get to know Chris and let you get under his skin a bit. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Chris. All right. No no problem. My pleasure. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you all again soon. So cheers. Cheers. I just don't know. Don't know. Won't you help me? Oh.